Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm really excited about today's lesson, and I want to open up with what I call a Joe story. And it just has to do with the fact that every human being is a creature of habit. And that can be good or that can be bad, but we're all creatures of habit. And I'm probably at a higher level than most. I probably struggle with that. And I'll give you an example. Um, I only right now go to two restaurants. It's it. Now, if I go to a third or a fourth, it's because someone invites us out and that's where we're going. But if I'm picking, it's either Aladdin's and I go to the one in Bainbridge, it's 35 minutes from my house, or Borman has a nice one, but I, I go to the one in Bainbridge. And when I go, they don't even have to ask me what I'm eating. They know. I've eaten the same dish there for two years plus. And uh, it's just jasmine rice. They, they know. Don't, they won't ask me, do you want rice or do you want uh, lamb on it? Do you want beef? No, I want jasmine rice and I want your hot sauce. And we're going to have some fun with that jasmine rice and hot sauce. That's, that's what I'm going to get. And then here in Holland, uh, it's Salvatore's. I don't know. I go through seasons. I've been going there for over two years now. And I, I, every time I go, I get pasta primavera. That's a marinara sauce, pasta, and vegetables get the same thing. I walk in, they, they know what I'm going to eat. It's not, not even worth asking me, right? And Gina makes fun of me, so you need to keep me in prayer. She makes fun of me because I get the same thing for years and years in a row, right? I'm a creature of habit at a higher level, but we're all creatures of habit, right? Every human being, you know who else is a creature of habit? Sheep. And this psalm is speaking in sheep language, and it's comparing Christians to sheep. We're so much alike. And sheep, they're, they're such creatures of habit. If they don't follow their shepherd, you know what they will do? They will destroy their very pasture land. Here's a picture of destroyed sheep pasture land. And they will literally eat the roots. They'll chew the roots of the grass because they just get in a routine. They're creatures of habits, and they will go to the same place over and over and over again. And what picture does that paint for us? If we don't allow the shepherd to lead us, you and I will have habits that are not productive. They will not produce fruit in our life. And so we're gonna have these habits that are fruitless. And so what I wanna do and what God wants to do through this Psalm is, hey, some of those things you do are fine, but we wanna make sure we follow our shepherd on what I call our God path, what the Bible is calling paths of righteousness and make sure we're following him. So I have a big idea uh, that I want you to walk out with. My big idea, if you're visiting, it's what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. So I know some of you know it, some of you don't, and we're all gonna have smiles on our face anyway when we're finished with this lesson today. So uh, here, here's my big idea. Uh, it goes like this. We have the privilege of helping God help people. Now that's very powerful. And think about it. We have the privilege of helping God help people. So you might say, well, can't God do some things on his own? Well, God the Father is in heaven. He's not here. Jesus, God the Son, um, he's in heaven. Now the Holy Spirit's here, but the Holy Spirit, he does these incredible works in our heart and he works on us and he, you know, he deals with us from the inside out. He's awesome. But you know what? He doesn't have a mouth. He doesn't have hands. He doesn't have feet. And God needs you to be light, to be salt. He needs you to exhort people, to comfort people. He needs you to help make disciples. He needs you to share the good news and invite people to church and all those beautiful things that we do. So we have the privilege of helping God help people and we do it as we get on our God path. So that's what I hope to open up to us. And let's read our text. It's, a, it's Psalm 23, verse one, and it reads like this. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That was lesson one. Verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. That was last week, lesson two. And guys, it's free on the Believer's Church app and you can go to believers.cc, it's free. Or my favorite place, our YouTube channel, Higher Resolution, and it's all free. And that was last week. Here's this week. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And this is what I call our God path. And this is so wonderful. This is what gives me the feeling of significance. So let me begin by telling you what it's not, but God still will do these things that I'm gonna tell you it's not. This isn't referring to you, uh, you're a college student. You've checked out, uh, you're ready to go to college. Just say that, high school student coming out of college. You checked out all the colleges. You have two or three choices and you're not sure which one to go to. Now, the Bible teaches that you have the right to pray and say, God, show me the best one for me. And God will show you. He'll literally show you. You don't have to be spiritual. You don't have to hear a voice. He'll put that desire in your heart. and You'll just kind of know. When you think of one, you go, ah, oh, that doesn't sound good. You think of another, yeah, that's the one. Um, maybe you have a job offer. Maybe you're going to make more money with this new job, but maybe you have to move out of state and maybe it's you know, down the South, better weather and all that, but you're gonna leave family and you're not sure, should I take it? Shouldn't I take it? And guess what? You can pray and say, God, show me which job to take. And he will, one way or another, he'll get that inside you. If you wanna know, he'll help you know. Maybe you're dating someone. You're not sure if you should marry them, right? And we all know when we're dating, right, we're on our best behavior. I, I can tell you I was. And, and uh, you're just on your best behavior, you know? And so you're like, God, is this the man for me? God, is this the woman for me? And you know what? He'll show you. He'll give you a peace one way or another because he knows the future, right? Of course, even if God leads you to know that's the one, you have to work on it. You're gonna have to work on your marriage, right? They will get on your nerves, all right? You'll get on their nerves. You gotta work on it, right? And you can grow in all that. So this is not what this is about, but it's really powerful. It's really powerful. I had a mom come up to me in the lobby after first service and she, she was holding back her tears she said, her, both her, one boy's going to college, one's in college, and uh, they're going high-level sports things. And she was just ready to cry. She said, I, I'm, I gotta hold back my tears. My kids, this is gonna help them because they have to make some decisions. So she's gonna make sure she gets this message to them, and it helps all of us. But this is our God path, and it's interesting. The word path literally means a routine, something you do over and over and over again. Now, if you're not following your shepherd, it becomes that lifeless routine. It doesn't help you at all. It doesn't produce life or fruit. Uh, you don't feel fulfilled from it. But man, when it's your God path, it's a routine. I, I've been on my God path for 38 years, guys, and I'm not bored. Isn't that amazing? I've been pastor for 38 years, and every now and then, God makes a little shift. He, like, Joe, do a traditional service, and, and he didn't speak that. I just knew he led me to it, you know. But, but he makes some little shifts, but I am not bored. I'm enjoying it. We have dream teamers. They've been doing the same thing. They do the same thing every week, every month. And you know what? They're happy. They're excited. Why? Because they're right on that path God's created for them. Now, here's how cool your God path is. Jesus prayed about yours. He prayed for you. Do you know that when he lived on planet Earth, he literally prayed for you? Now, I wanna show you this section of scripture. It's pretty cool. John 17, this, is, this whole chapter is great. Jesus is praying this long prayer. Verse 18, in the same way that you, Father God, gave me, Jesus, so he's praying to the Father, a mission in this world. And we all know Jesus had a mission, right? He had to 
pretty cool mission. Die for the sins of the whole world, right? He says, I, I give them a mission in the world. And that's pretty cool. And you might think, well, that's just the apostles, the disciples, those guys that hung out. No, verse 20, I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them, sorry, and their witness for me. So he's saying he's praying for all of us afar off. I read what these guys had to say in the Bible. I accepted Jesus. They taught me all kinds of things. And Jesus is saying before Joe was ever born, before you were ever born, at this moment in time, he prayed concerning the mission and he gave you a mission. I like the way the apostle Paul said it. This is pretty cool. I like his enthusiasm. He said this in Acts 20, 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. He's talking about his life outside of God and he's not saying he didn't enjoy life. He goes on to say, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. He said, that's my number one aim. He's not saying he doesn't do anything else. Let me tell you. Paul got wings on Sunday night and watched some football. I'm telling you, he had a good time. He did other things, just like you and I do other things. But here's what he's saying. My number one goal, the most important thing in my life is to complete the mission that God gave me. And I want us to walk out of here today with that same enthusiasm, that same excitement, whether you're watching online in Borman, all the guys at TCI Correctional Facility here, I want us to walk out. Those of you that will listen on demand later on, I want you to walk out of this really excited. Now, look at what God said to the church at Rome. It would be the same to the church, a believer's church in the valley here. Romans 12, verses four through five. Just as there are many parts to our human bodies, so it has, it is with Christ's body. We all have parts, we are all parts of, excuse me, and it takes every one of us to make it complete for we each have different work to do. So we belong to each other and each needs all the others. And so here's what he's saying. He's saying that our God path is something we do and we need each other or we all have a part. You have a part, I have a part. None of us can do this on our own. It's our God path, but we work synchronized. And these brainiacs figure some, figure some things out. So um, there's brainiacs everywhere. You know, the CIA has analysts and uh, every, every business has analysts and the church has analysts. And these guys just, you know, they just think things through and, and I love to find out what they think. Do you know what they say? They say 95% of Christians will fulfill their God path within the local church. In other words, they have to be part of a local church. That's where 95% of them will walk it out. And 5% will do it with parachurch organizations. That's pretty cool. So that's another reason, another reason for us to realize church is important. It's important to find a local church, not through condemnation, but the fact that's where I'm gonna walk out my God path, that's pretty important. I'll say a little bit more about that before I close today. And then 5% of you, we have people here that are helping parachurch organizations and, and some of them are in leadership and yet some of them even lead connect groups here. So they're kind of crossing over and doing both places. So this is what God has created you to do. He's created you and he wants to lead you down your path of righteousness, and here's how we know it's a God path. It's for his namesake. And so he'll lead you in every other area of life. So here's what I came up with. I came up with five things you and I must understand about our God path. And I just wanna go through these five things. Here, here's the first one, guys. Uh, the first one is this. God created your God path? That's pretty cool. When you think about God creating it. And there's a guy out there, many of you probably have heard of Pastor Rick Warren. 
And uh, he pastors in Orange County, just south of LA, just north of San Diego, has one of the biggest churches in America, over 40,000 meet on a Sunday, all these campuses. But he wrote a book about 20 years ago, and the title of the book is The Purpose Driven Life. And do you know next to the Bible is the second highest selling book in the history of mankind? So you have the Bible, and then you have Rick's Purpose Driven Life. That's crazy amazing, right? And it's still f- flying off shelves. And it's just a great book for you and I to help understand our purpose, right? And so uh, another Joe story, uh, this happened maybe 15, 20 years ago, but there was a guy in our church, he was here for uh, about 12 years, and he would come in and he'd sit, and he never smiled, uh, I would go around to greet, and he always ran out the door before I could get to him. And so I never had, was able to greet him. And, but I knew he was a good citizen. He was just a great, outstanding citizen. I knew a little bit about him through other people, but just never was involved, never did anything, never even waited to shake my hand. And I know most Sundays you have to rush, but I mean, 12 years, never, you know, that's a long time. So one Sunday I see him standing there and he has a smile. It's like, just smiling. And he's waiting for me to finish greeting people. And so when I'm all finished, he walks up to me and he goes, do you know Pastor Rick Warren? I said, well, I know of him, yeah. He he said, have you ever read his book, The Purpose Driven Life? I said, I have. And he just looks at me, he goes, I just read it and it changed my life. And then he said, he said, he said, I was born with a purpose. God gave me a purpose on planet earth. And he's so excited. And after that, he became involved. He began to help us here because 95% of people will do it through their local church. So I walked away from that encounter and I'm walking to my office and I'm excited, but then I'm really upset. I'm like sad. It's like, God, I had him for 12 years and I never got him to move. How bad am I? That, I'm serious. That's, I went in my office saying, how bad am I? I mean, I, I can't believe it. But then I said, thank you for Rick Warren, because Rick got through to him, right? So I said all that to, I want to read a quote from his book. And before I do, hey, everybody in Boardman, uh, Nathan Bibb is doing a connect group going through the purpose-driven life. So that's pretty, pretty cool. If you want to hook up with that, it's coming up in a couple weeks. But here's the quote. The, the purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were made by God and for God. And until you understand that, life will make no sense. And for this guy I talked about, the light went on. Life made sense. My life makes sense because, hey, I know I have a God path. But you don't have to be a pastor to have a God path. Um, You have a God path because you're part of the body of Christ. And I love what it says here in Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand. Notice this, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. He already created a God path. He created it before you were born, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So I believe if we serve God, I believe he blesses us. I do. But that's not what this is talking about. The good life is you walking down your path. Because when you and I walk down our path, 
we feel fulfillment, we feel purpose, we have a reason to live. And it changes everything. And you know, you can look at what people do for God and think, well, that's not that exciting. But to them, it's exciting because that's what they were created for. And I like the fact he, he created the path because I believe there's blessings on that path. And I believe as we walk down that path and just begin to do what God's called us to, uh, the blessings are on that path. And there's a lot of incredible things God will do for your life as you just follow him, serve him, and live for him. Now I'm going to read my most favorite verse in all the Bible. And I'm gonna read it um, out of the contemporary English only because they did the best job bringing the Hebrew out. And here's how it reads. Psalm 139, verse 16. But with your own eyes, you saw my body being formed. Even before I was born, you had written in your book everything I would do. Now that is amazing. God has a book in heaven with your name on it. And he wrote everything you would do in that book. Now, this doesn't mean what you're going to eat for breakfast, like tomorrow morning, Joe's eating oatmeal. No, it has nothing to do with that, guys. It's the things you do for him. And notice, before you were born, your path was made. God created your God path. I, I don't know. That, that just makes me feel special. It should make you feel, feel special. God has a path. He, he has a calling on our life that he created for us to do that nobody else can do. Majority of us will do it volunteering, but it's amazing, it's amazing. So God created our God path. We have the privilege of helping God help people. We do that walking on our God path. Here's number two. God gifted you to fulfill your God path. I like this one. Wow. Um, listen, everyone listen to my voice. If you're a Christian, there's something supernatural inside of you. It's a gift God placed in you. It's supernatural. Now, it's not like a miracle turning water to wine, you know, that, you know, raising the dead. But it's supernatural because it came from heaven. There's something in you that's not of this earth. There's something in you that's more than human. It's a supernatural gift that God placed on the inside of you. And it's in you so you can literally walk out your path. And every one of us have supernatural gifts on the inside of us. Now, I remember years ago when God opened my eyes up to this, it changed me. It changed me. Because I realized when I sit down to study, because part of my calling is to teach, when I sit down to study, there's a gift in me. So I expect the Bible to make sense. I just expect it. I expect God to give me all kinds of things. And, and I'm a great typer, but sometimes I can't type fast enough for everything. The bubble, I can't type fast enough, man. Because I'm expecting, if you expect it, it, it will be amazing. It doesn't matter if it's in the tech area. It doesn't matter if it's in the lobby, smiling and greeting people. It comes on when you expect it. And I love what 1 Peter 4.10 reads. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. So it's a gift from heaven. You received it from God to serve others. That's our big idea, right? We have the privilege of helping God help people. As faithful stewards of God's grace. So this gift came from God. It's by the grace of God, and we're, we're called to steward it. I think that's pretty cool. We're stewards of a supernatural gift inside of us, and, and it goes on to say in its various forms, and I'll stop there, guys. That's amazing. We have a supernatural gift inside of us, and there's nothing more powerful than that truth. Here's number three. God will reward you eternally for taking your God path, and I really like this one. I'm going to make a statement. You might think I'm jiving, but I'm not jiving on this statement, guys. I, I'm telling you the absolute truth. I'm excited about Judgment Day. I just can't wait to get there. 
I'm really excited. Anybody else in here excited about their judgment day? I am. And here's why I'm excited. It's not because I'm the best. No. It's not because I'm the best pastor. I grew the biggest church because I didn't. It's not because I'm the best teacher or preacher because I'm not. Here's why I'm excited about judgment day. I am giving it 100%, and that's all God expects, right? And so I'm giving it 100%. I expect Jesus to say when he looks at me, you know what, Joe? Rick Warren was a number 10 on talent. You were a two, but you did really good for a two. Well done, Joey. And I, I'm just going, yeah, because all he cares about is the effort we put in, right? It's like the effort, that's all. And so that's why I'm excited about Judgment Day. You say, aren't you worried about your sins? No, Jesus paid for my sins. And you know, I, every time I sin, I, I say, Lord, forgive me. I'm stupid. I did it. I said it. I shouldn't have thought it. But Lord, I thank you that it's covered by the blood of Jesus, right? No, Judgment Day is about rewards. And let's read a scripture, guys. It's pretty cool. If you're a Christian, it's about rewards. 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The Greek word judgment there is bima. And in writings of the day, this word was literally referring to, it was used more this way than any other way. It, it was the seat where the judges stood at the Olympic Games, and it's where they would give out the awards to the winners. And this is what God's saying here. It's pretty, pretty cool. And it goes on to say, so that each one may receive compensation. In the literal Greek, that word compensation means paycheck. It's, it's, it's God rewarding you. And, and I don't serve, I don't live for God for rewards, but it's kind of nice to know they're waiting. It's kind of nice he's going to say, thanks, Joe, high five, right? Here's some rewards for what you did. Uh, for, for his deeds done through the body in accordance with what he has done, whether good or bad. Now, 1 Corinthians 3 says, our works can be good, or bad. If they're good, they're called gold, silver, and precious stones, and they won't burn in the fire of judgment. If they're bad, they're called wood, hay, and stubble. And that's just anything we did that had no kingdom impact. So what, what are we going to receive rewards for? I think every act of kindness will, will receive a reward. Your generosity will receive a reward. Isn't that exciting, right? All the good things you do for the kingdom of God, they will receive a reward. And the highest rewards will come in when we walk down that God path and we're just doing what God's asked us to do. He's gonna reward you for that. And that's really, really exciting. And you shouldn't be afraid. All you should be concerned with is I'm giving it 100%. That's all. I have the privilege of helping God help people. And that's really powerful. Here's, here's my next thought, guys. Um, it, it, it's something that another, I call him a number 10 pastor, Andy Stanley wrote, and I like it. And it's kind of like when you're at the end of your life and it goes like this, without God's vision, you may find yourself in the all too common position of looking back on a life that was given to accumulating green pieces of paper with pictures of dead presidents on them. Accumulating money or stuff is a vision of sorts, but it is the kind of vision that leaves men and women wondering wondering if there was more, wondering what they could have done, should have done with this brief stay on this little ball of dirt. I like that. And I have been with many people on their deathbed and I've, they, they act like I'm a priest. And I go, I'm not a priest, but they want to confess everything they've ever done. You know, And, and here's the, one of the most important things I hear, or the most common is, I, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. And the common things are, I wish I would have lived for God. I wish I would have spent more time with my family. Those are the two highest ones that I've heard when people are ready to cross over. And I don't want any of us to ever look back and say, man, I wish I chased God as much as I chased the things 
of this world. And, and, and we, we just understand, hey, we're going to be rewarded for how we live our life. Here's, here's the next one, guys. This is number four. There will be opposition if you walk your God path. And that is so true. You know, we all walk through the valleys. We all walk through the storms of life. But the enemy, if you, if you were the enemy, what would you do if somebody accepted Jesus? Let me tell you what happened. He had you. You were going to spend eternity in hell, no air conditioning for the rest of your life, right? Then you accepted Jesus. He's like, man, I lost him. So he, he hates you for that. He doesn't like you at all. So, and he hates God that God saved you. So now here's his goal. He says, I lost him, but I can get God back if I can make them unproductive. And that's his big goal. He wants to make us unproductive, unfruitful. And so every time we, we listen to the Bible and we say, yes, I'll do that at the end of this message, you say, yes, God, I want to know my God path. Uh, something's going to, and I'm not saying something bad. He's going to try to distract you tomorrow. He's going to try to get you not to walk in that particular thing. Jesus said it this way in the parable of the sower, Mark 4, 16. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they had no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, which happens to all of us, but this is specific because of the word. That's the word you received. You said, yes, God, I'll do what you said. Yes, God, I'll follow this part of the Bible. It says they quickly fall away. Why are they falling away, guys? Because the enemy's gonna try to distract them. You might, after, you might pray after this and say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And then tomorrow your boss is gonna say something that just makes you go berserko, you know? And he's just gonna try to stir you up in one way or another. That's just what he does. And you know what Jesus said as we read further down? He said, even this world will try to distract you and pull you away so that you don't fulfill your God path so that you're not fruitful with, with God and the things of God. So I'm going to read a stat to you. It's pre-COVID. It, it's probably worse now that COVID hit, but getting better. I'm excited that it's getting better. But it's, it's pre-COVID, and I'm not reading it to condemn anybody. Please, no, I'm not reading it. And I'll try to make that clear. But I think it's interesting. If I was the devil, I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be trying to do this. Remember, 95% of us fulfill our God path in church. And here's two studies. In 2017, Bar a, a, a Barna study, they found that weekly church attendance had gone from 45% of born-again Christians in 1993 to 29% of born-again Christians uh, in 2017. I'll read the second half in a moment. So think about that. Uh, we now only have 29% of born-again Christians that are in church every week. And I realize some weeks you work, some weeks you're sick, some weeks you're out of town. I get it, I get it. But it's just talking about, you know, if you can be there, more, less and less people are going to the local church and that's where their, their God path is fulfilled. Listen to the latter half. In a later 2019 Barna study, they discovered that 45% of evangelical, an evangelical Christian is a Christian that believes the only way to heaven is by putting faith in Christ Jesus. So these are born-again Christians. Um, it, it says 45% of evangelicals attend church once a year or less. Now, less means not at all, right? So almost 50% of Christians only come to church once a year. If you're the devil, you're winning. Why? Uh, because Pastor Joe's upset? No, believers is gonna do fine no matter what, right? I'm concerned about people. If he's keeping 45%, and since COVID has gotten worse, if he's keeping 45% of Christians from a local church, and he'll give us all kinds of reasons like we don't need it, we need it for many reasons, he's winning. And I don't want you to end up in heaven 
heaven, not having fulfilled your God path. So that's, that's all I'm trying to say. But it, since COVID, it's worse. Now, listen, those of you watching online, you're compromised. You can't go in public because of COVID. God understands. I'm not speaking this to you. Please take no guilt. But here's what happens to me. It happens all the time. I walk in a store. You know, this could be in the last couple months. And I just walk in a store and, and somebody sees me that's part of believers, but they haven't been here since before COVID. And it's one of those things where they, they don't have time to hide and go to the next aisle. It's like we're, we're just, and bam, we're, we're just there. And here's what happens. I'm telling you, it happens over and over. Head goes down. Pastor Joe, I've been meaning to get back to church. I got out of the habit with COVID. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm like, relax, man. I'm just here shopping, right? Um, I just want to shop. Um, you know, I love you, but I pray in the morning. So, okay, please. Um, no. no, just joking. But I just think that's amazing. And, and, you know, COVID did get a lot of people out of the habit. And the enemy's happy about that because he wants, he doesn't want you in the local church. So, uh, guys, he'll put obstacles. And that's between you and God. I'm not here to condemn any of us. Here's my last point. God will reveal your God path, and that is exciting. So I'm going to show you how easy it is, help you understand it, and it's just wonderful. I want to tell you another Joe story. It has to do with my son, Joe Jr. Joe Jr. graduated from college, and he wanted to talk to me. So we're, and we're talking about ministry. He says, Dad, I really want to get involved here. Um, are you okay with that? I said, well, absolutely. But I said, are you sure God wants you here? Is that where God wants you? And I didn't know. Uh, but I said, you need to find out. And here's what I said to my son. I said, I know mom and I are called here. We know it. And so we're here in the valley. We know it. I've been here at that time. I don't know what it was, uh, 28 years. And, I, and, I, and I'm now I'm 38 years. I said, I know I belong here. And I know there's more beautiful cities. I know there's warmer cities, better winters. But this is where I belong. And I said, you need to pray and you need to have God show you you belong here. Then I went on to tell him, I said, I have pastor friends in churches all over the country. They're looking for pastors. I said, you can go anywhere in the country and take over a church. So I said, you can do ministry anywhere. The question is, where does God want you? And so he took three, four weeks and he prayed and he fasted. And I'll never forget when he came back to me and said, dad, I know that I know that this is where I belong. I'm called to the valley. And I said, welcome aboard. I'm happy you're here, right? But I wanted them to know that because when the going gets tough, you have to know that. So many of you are here wondering a lot of things like what's my God path, so on and so forth. Remember how it's written in the book and it has your name on it? Uh, Jesus taught us this in the Lord's Prayer. I just say, Lord, whatever your will is in heaven, put it in my heart. And I, I pray like this, Lord, if there's anything in my book that I'm supposed to be doing that I'm not, would you just write it on my heart? And I like how Pastor Graham said it. Would you make it a pebble in my shoe? How many of us can agree that's annoying when you have a pebble in your shoe, right? And so I just say, God, let me not sleep at night until I do that. And he'll drop little things on me. And if you pray that way, I promise you, one way or another, he'll let you know what your God path is. But here's something else I know about God. Sometimes you just have to jump in at first. So we, you know, we have this thing called growth track here at Believers, and it's so amazing. You know, we want to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Well, discover purpose and make a difference. You discover your purpose makes a difference. We created growth track to help you do that. And it takes place 
on Sunday mornings, 1045 in Bourbon, 1045 in Warren. Here it's off our west lobby of the room. There it's off the big, beautiful lobby they have. And it's four weeks long. You'll have childcare. It goes on right while I'm preaching right now. And we have one session where we literally take a test. You take a test and we show you what your gifts are. It literally shows you your giftings. But listen to this, guys. It's gonna start again in October. So you can't jump in this week or next. It's finishing up, but you can jump in in October. First weekend, guys, 1045. But, but listen, this is really, really important. You know how we have guided missiles and uh, you, know, you can tell them exactly to a, the size of a penny where to go, where to drop. And uh, do you know you can work the guidance system and if the missile isn't launched, nothing happens, right? But once you launch it and it's in the air and then you can direct it where it wants to go, we're a lot like that uh, missile. Uh, once you just get started, then God will begin to maneuver you. And sometimes you just start just saying, I'll help anywhere. Uh, we'll show you the best places to help and it will change you. So I'm gonna make you a promise. If you cry out and say, God, I wanna know my God path, he will show you. He will show you. And here at Believers, we want you to go through growth track before we begin to have you on the dream team. But I guarantee you that will help you figure out your God path. So here's where I want all of us to be, guys, at the end of our life. This is the Apostle Paul. He's near death. And he says this in 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. The first and the third thing are amazing. They're not part of this lesson. But listen to the middle. I have finished my course. And I don't know about you, but at the end of my life, I want to be able to say, hey, I did everything that was written in the book. I want you to be able to say, I finished my course. And all you have to do is pray and ask God. So over in Borman, uh, guys at TCI Correctional Facility Online, you can do this in the chat room here in Warren. Are you excited that God loved you so much? He gave you a God path and you have a purpose. And if you are, can we give it up and say, thank you, God? That's amazing. We have a God path. We have purpose. So let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, we humbly come to you. We do. We love you. We love you so much. And Lord, right now, we can whisper it. We don't have to pray out loud, but right now, here's our heart's prayer. Lord, if there's anything written in our book that we're not doing, would you write it on our hearts? Would you make it a pebble in our shoe? Would you whisper that to God right now if, if that's what you want? And those of you that are on your God path, say, Lord, if there's any shifts or if there's anything to add, whatever's in that book I'm not doing, write it on my heart. Make it something so strong that I can't live without doing it. Let me wake up in the morning saying, I need to do that. I need to do that. And Lord, we thank you that as that happens, we walk through life with a purpose. We walk through life with these routines that produce life in our life in other people's life. Father, thank you that we have the privilege of helping you help people. Thank you so much. Now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You know, you can't begin to walk on your God path till you're a Christian, till you accept Jesus as your Savior. So I want to speak to everyone listening, maybe that doesn't know for sure if they're a Christian. Uh, you don't become a Christian by joining a local church. You don't become a Christian uh, by being water baptized. That's something you do after you're a Christian. But you become a Christian by accepting Christ as your savior and saying, I realize you're the only way to heaven. And if you're listening, you could be like me. I didn't believe God existed uh, when someone told me about Jesus and, and he opened up my eyes. Or you could be like my parents who were faithful in church, but they didn't know Jesus. And whoever you are, there or in between, God wants to give you eternal life and he wants to 
put you in a position to fulfill your God path. So if you're listening, you say, that's me. I'm, I'm ready today. God's opened my heart. I want to accept Jesus. Would you pray with me right now? And if you pray this from your heart, it's going to change everything. Hey, can we help them pray? Everybody else, can we help them pray? And if you're online, I'll tell you what you can do. But pray this prayer. If you're praying it for the first time, a miracle will happen. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. God raised you from the dead. You're the only way to heaven. I accept you as my savior. And I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, you might have felt something, you might not have, but all your sins were washed away. That's pretty cool. God gave you that supernatural gift that's now in you. He also gave you the gift of eternal life. Heaven's your future home. But you know what else is happening right now? If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and all of heaven are celebrating in heaven. That's because you become one of God's kids. So we wanna go home today and know. So listen very carefully. We're all praying, our heads are bowed. I'm not gonna ask you to stand. I'm not gonna ask you to get out of your seat. But whether you're in Borman or at TCI or here in Warren, and you say, hey, I prayed that prayer. Can you let us know by just raising your hand? That's all you have to do, just raise it. And guys in the front, there's three of them here in the middle front row, Rudy, over to your right. And you say, hey, I prayed that prayer. Our ushers are gonna bring you a Bible. So that's all we're doing, no tricks, right? It's a Bible for new Christians. And you say, hey, I prayed that prayer, didn't receive a Bible. Would you just raise your hand? Anybody else that's with us? The rest of us are praying. Over in Borman, prayed that prayer, didn't receive a Bible. Guys at TCI, hey, I prayed that prayer, didn't receive a Bible. We're looking. And then for everybody online, if you prayed that prayer, you know what we're gonna do? Uh, if you text the word believe to the number on the screen, we will send you a free Bible. That's just our way of saying congratulations. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.